Aloha, everybody. This is Dr. Mike Okuchi coming back to you with the Triple Play Performance Podcast. And before we start, I wanted to give another shout out for a five star review from Sharps Nana. Sharps Nana says, Dr. O, you hit the nail on the head. We've got to take care of ourselves. Masking the problems only create more problems. Yes, Sharps Nana, that is very, very true. A lot of what we've been doing in Western medicine is just covering up the problems. Now, you know, it may have some positive effects because you don't have to deal with the symptoms. But at the same time, when you don't feel something, you got to make sure that you're doing something about it behind the scenes. So that's one of the things we got to work on with that. All right, I wanted to start a new segment on here called In the News, What's in the Health News? And one of the articles that I ran across um, this past week was a research article about scoliosis. You know, and as, as as a chiropractor, scoliosis is one of the things that we were taught about and one of the things that that um, is an ailment that a lot of chiropractors see. So I was very, very curious when I ran across this one article. And, and the way that, you know, I've been uh, taught to treat scoliosis was, you know, we look at not just necessarily just the muscles in and of itself. I mean, not necessarily just the spine in and of itself, but also the muscles surrounding the spine. And there's also correlations to kidney function and heavy metal toxicities and all this kind of stuff. But there was a research study that came out that found a link of manganese deficiency and scoliosis and that when they when they uh, took out the gene that that processed manganese in in um, lab rats they found that this increased the rates of scoliosis i found it very very interesting so a lot of times um this is often overlooked that we don't look at manganese deficiencies and it's linked to scoliosis. And one of the first things that I know a lot of orthopedists jump into is just going in for uh, trying to use bracing or trying to use um, some type of uh, rods and surgical interventions. Um, A lot of times where chiropractors are jumping in and just looking at just delivering an adjustment. And um, we often overlook this this biochemical fact of you gotta you gotta have all aspects covered so manganese yeah manganese is uh, something that uh i didn't i didn't know about um another one that i ran across uh, was this article that stated that it says experts are skeptical that intermittent fasting can reverse type 2 diabetes now i i did an episode about fasting and its benefits and I also did another episode on on reversing type 2 diabetes and that's you know one of the things and uh, one of the uh, big proponents for fasting intermittent fasting and you know overcoming diabetes and obesity is Dr. Jason Fung Um, and and let me let me go pull up this article and what they it was very interesting how uh, the criticism to to this article that I was reading and I said that uh, the study was three men with type 2 diabetes were able to stop insulin treatment altogether after intermittent fasting. But experts are warning, of course, right? But experts are warning that people shouldn't try such a practice 
on their own. Now, this, this study was published in the um, BMJ, uh, British Medical Journal, Case Reports. So it looked at three men between the ages of 40 and 67 um, who tried occasional fasting for approximately 10 months. And all of the men were able to stop insulin treatment within a month after starting the intermittent fasting. Um, and the criticism that came after this, it's, you know, it's typical, you know, I mean, I get it, but it's like, okay, well, if you got a hundred percent, hundred percent reversal rate, you know, they got three guys and all three of them, um, all three of them reversed it. There has to be something to it. Right. And it says, uh, this one guy's the the director of Gonda Diabetes Center in Los Angeles says, hey, quote, it's potentially dangerous to tell patients their diabetes has been reversed because one is always at risk for progression, even if not being treated by medication. Now, the, yeah, there's some – I get it. I, there, there's a little bit of sentiment towards that, – that's leaning towards the medication route. I get it. Uh, there's also that other part where, yeah, I don't know if you can say um, – it is reversed. I get that part. But at the same time, if you look from a laboratory perspective, if they don't need the insulin and their numbers went down and all the things that you use as a markers to diagnose it as diabetes, if those are all gone away, now, wouldn't you say that it has been reversed? Now they can say, well, you know, you it, it, it. They go on in, in the article. They say, well, we don't think of it as reversing it, but more of remission. Well, yeah, I guess that that's the case. But you know, you're now playing in the realm of semantics because it is still predicated upon the the lifestyle factors, and there's all these other things that interplay with that. But at the same time, if we can use a drugless intervention that would get the patients the results that they need. Shouldn't that be explored further? That's all, you know, when, when I read this article, that, that's all I got of, out of it is, well, why are we, you know, why are we headlining it saying experts are skeptical of intermittent fasting? Why, why, don't, we, why don't we say other things about it? And, and I, 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 I know why, but it's just really funny how the medical paradigm wants to keep us in there rather than helping out the patient. That's all I have to say about that. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the steps that you need to take to start healing a chronic disease or prevent a chronic disease from happening. And, and why should, you know, you may be asking yourself, why, why, do, why should I listen to this episode? Well, if you look at the statistics, it's, you know, almost every single leading cause of death out there is tied to a chronic health issue. And almost every single person is going to face that, you know, just the mere fact of aging and how we live in our modern day lifestyle is going against the grain of how we're, how we're wired internally. So if we know that we got a higher rate and rising rates of, uh, of chronic health issues, we need to do something about it. Well, and what are you going to get out of listening to this episode? Well, you, I'm going to tell you guys the first steps that you guys need to take into preventing and reversing 
um, any type of chronic health issue. I'm not saying that this is the be all and end all, but this is the steps. And this is often the, the steps that people miss along the way because they jump towards, and this is what the medical paradigm does, is it jumps towards just straight medication intervention. And that's not necessarily what we consider first-line therapy. So that's what we want to do. Uh, we want to look at what, what can we do right off the bat. So now the problem becomes, well, and this is the debate that's been happening a lot, is what exactly is a chronic health issue? And this, this, this play on semantics, it, it goes back and forth and all that has to do is it, it's all about the money, guys. It's all about the whole insurance industry and all, all of the, the, what we consider our healthcare system. Well, the definition that came out of the U United States National Center for Health Statistics states that it is a condition that's lasting three months or more um, or something that generally cannot be prevented by vaccines or cured by medication, nor do they just disappear on their own. That's their definition of it. So basically something that's happening in your body that you can't use a vaccination medication or it goes away on its own. That's the definition of what a chronic health issue. And, and why does this matter? Well, this is a staggering statistic to wrap your head around that the seven most prevalent chronic conditions, which are cancer, diabetes, hypertension, stroke, so cerebrovascular stuff, heart disease, pulmonary conditions like COPD, and mental illness account for about $1.3 trillion. $1.3 trillion is what we spend on average annually as a country on these diseases. So think about that. $1.3 trillion. That's a huge amount. And that's, that's, that's where we're headed. And it's only growing, guys. So there has to be... There has to be some type of intervention that's doing it because obviously if, if, if it's growing and we're spending way more money and we're still not getting the results that we want, wouldn't you say we need a different approach to it? Well, the question then becomes, well, how do chronic health issues arise? It's basically when your cells can no longer respond to the regular demands of day-to-day -day living, right? So you basically need to take in energy and you need to produce energy and you need to get rid of waste. That's basically at, at a core what your cells do. You take in food, food's converted down into its smallest usable portions, utilized as uh, cell building materials or cellular energy. And then the waste products, you got to get rid of it, right? It's basically how, how your body works. Now, when we dig further into the research, there's a, a, a PhD, Dr. Doug Wallace, that has done a lot of research that points to the mitochondria as being the source of all chronic diseases. And he's done a lot of research that points into the direction saying that when the mitochondria stop functioning properly, the cell doesn't function properly. And what happens is the mitochondria has its own DNA. And when the mitochondria doesn't function properly, um, it sends signals out to your nuclear DNA, the DNA that we often think of as the causative factors for these, these uh, chronic diseases that, you know, whenever they say it's, it's a genetic thing. Well, it's because the mitochondria is actually not working properly, which then triggers the release 
of you know these these messengers to tell the nuclear DNA um, that it needs to function differently. It sends a signal where different genes are turned on and expressed, and that's how we get these chronic diseases of like cancer, diabetes, and um, you know COPD and all that stuff. So it has an etiology within your mitochondria. So if if the the research is pointing that the etiology is getting or or pointed at the mitochondria why aren't we addressing that well one is because there's no drugs and there's no surgical interventions that that addresses that right now with all of that said here's the here's the 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 three-prong approach that i recommend to all of my patients whenever they're facing a chronic health issue or you want to prevent it. So these are the three things that we go through. The first prong is we need to develop a mindset for healing. Um, I, don't, I, can't, I can't stress this enough on how many, how many people live in this cynical mindset. And I don't blame people. I mean, that's just the way that our society is that's that's you know our our nature uh to have a cynical mindset because it it's a protective mechanism right we we you know as hunter gatherers we always had to live with this mindset of cynicism because something was hiding around the corner is going to attack us so it's ingrained into our mindset unfortunately that's not a a mindset for survival what it does is it it creates it creates a whole different um whole different way of physiology in our body. Now, what I mean by developing a mindset for healing is that say you get you know a diagnosis and I and I did a podcast episode on, you know, what happens when you receive a devastating diagnosis? What should you do? Now, the first part is a mindset of healing. And what does that mean? Well, it's looking at a diagnosis, it's looking at what you're going through for what it is rather than it being the be all and end all you know it's it's the the walls right in front of you there's no way for for you to go and un- unfortunately that's where a lot of our um our healthcare paradigm is currently at is that once you receive the diagnosis that's you you know you, there's no other way around it you know you see in in the article that i talked about you can only put it into remission and it's no longer, you know, you didn't reverse it. And that's, I don't think that that's correct. You know, a mindset of healing looks at it from a standpoint of, well, what's really going on with my body? How do I help it to heal rather than how can I just manage it? Two different points. One comes from a point of, I understand that what's going on in my body is a reaction to either a lifestyle or it's a reaction to what I, I've been exposed to, something like that. It, 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 when you have a standpoint of, okay, I'm empowering myself versus being a victim, that's that's where healing either occurs or not occurs. Right? So if you understand from a standpoint that you are empowered for your healing, then that's the route that you'll go. Unfortunately, we have been in, we've been inundated with scare tactics that, oh, well, you know, you have XYZ disease, that means that you're going to die. And especially, you know, when I, when I deal with like cancer patients, um, patients that are going through cancer, they often get 
these terminal diagnoses where their oncologist is turning around and saying, well, you know, you you better get your affairs right. You got three months to live. And there's this thing called a nocebo effect. Just like, you know, we hear about the placebo effect and how you can give sugar pills and it can give a response and it's actually just sugar pills, you know. And there's the nocebo effect where somebody tells you something in a negative standpoint and you buy into that and you actually your body will actually change its physiology into this negative standpoint. So the first place you got to do is developing a mindset for healing. Take the diagnosis for what it is. It's just a diagnosis. And then use things like healing affirmations. You got to you got to release what, you know, what's worrying you and what what's creating fear and frustration and replace it with mindsets and, and and a state of serenity and gratitude because you're shifting yourself from that fight or flight mode into a healing mode you, you have two parts to your nervous system one is a sympathetic and one is a parasympathetic so the sympathetic is that fight or flight they both can't be on at the same time and ex- you you expect healing right the parasympathetic is the healing this is the the part where you know you can you can rest and relax and your body can build back up if you're always in a state of this catabolic state where you're breaking your body down it can never heal so a mindset of healing is where you always need to start right um i always encourage my patients you know to adopt the practice of affirming the things that you want you know using affirmations like I am healed and uh, thank you for my healing. I, I'm so grateful to experience a complete healing. You know, when, um, when you look at your mindset, your mind is extremely powerful. You know, look at stuff like complaining. You got to stop complaining. Stop complaining about, you know, whatever's going on. Stop owning a disease. Never say uh, my diabetes or my cancer or my whatever. It's not yours. You're experiencing that, but it's not yours. And it starts with a mindset because when your mind adopts a mindset of ownership, you never want to let it go. And sometimes a lot of people will hold on to diseases because of a deeper-seated thing going on, like attention. So you will hold on to a diagnosis because it gives you attention. It gives you that lack or it, it fills the void of lack of community. So you see all these communi- uh, groups and forms of community of these um, self-help groups. And a lot of times all it is, is it's, it, it, it's a place for people to complain and to get aff- reaffirming of their dis-ease. It's not your dis-ease, guys. You guys got to let it go. You got to cease to complain about your issues. You know, stop taking ownership of it because once you take ownership of something, it owns you as well. All right, the second facet in this three-facet approach is the physical acid or facet, physical acid. Getting crazy over here. So the physical facet is, you know, a lot of times people think of it as just, you know, your body posture and all this kind of stuff, but it gets deeper into that. It's all about the cell structure. And if you understand how the cell functions and you keep the cell happy, the rest of your body will be happy. Now, your body's going to you know, composed of trillions of cells, I think like hundreds of trillions of cells, and that every single cell has a structure to it. And if we look at the, the structure of your cell, it has this, this phospholipid membrane that has uh, interconnected proteins, and that's how the, the cells communicate. You know, it's, it's an inter, interconnected community um, that 
communicates back and forth through fibrous networks. And that a lot of times when you enter into a state of like chronic health issues, um, it usually starts with tissue rigidity. And your, your tissues are actually supposed to be nice and pliable, nice and um, movable. Your joints are supposed to move freely. Your tissues are supposed to move freely. But once you start decreasing in that, you have tissue rigidity. And, and the problem that happens with tissue rigidity is that the cells have a difficult time getting nutrients in and toxins out. So if you're not able to supply the cells with its proper nutrients, it's not going to function properly. It's not going to repair properly. If you're not able to get the toxins out, then cellular function starts decreasing. Now, all of these things will start to affect the mitochondria, and the mitochondria then signals to the nuclear DNA, hey, we need to do something about it because your cells are all about survival. And if you look at a lot of chronic degenerative diseases, guys, it's actually the body's survival mechanism. It switches on primitive, primordial genes for survival. That's what's happening is that we are creating an environment of, of disease, you know, and, and the body's just responding in a way of trying to survive. So in order, it, in order to get rid of that, you got to create a sur- environment of thriving right you don't treat the disease because it's kind of, it's kind of like saying i want to treat my perspiration well you don't treat perspiration you change the environment that's causing perspiration right if you're if if you if you're perspiring and you're sitting in your house it's usually because it's hot so you change the environment you maybe turn on the ac you turn on the fan and it changes the environment therefore your body changes its output that's what's going on. So at, at the physical level, at the cellular physical level, we got to look at tissue rigidity, right? Because it's keeping nutrients from getting in and keeping toxins from getting out, which changes cellular biochemistry. Now, at, at a macro level, your entire body, we got to look at movement. You know, and one of the big things we face in modern day society is the sedentary lifestyle. When you when you lead a sedentary lifestyle, you are decreasing the amount of movement and your lymphatic system needs movement because your lymphatic system doesn't have its own pump. Just like you know like your your heart and that the cardiovascular system has its own pump, which is the heart. It pumps the blood out, but the the lymphatic system doesn't have that pump. Its pump is the muscles. And we're supposed to be moving on a daily basis. So if you're not moving on a daily basis and maintaining tissue pliability and optimal range of motion, then you're also affecting other parts of your body like your nervous system. Because okay? your nervous system needs input from all of these uh, physical movements. So the less physical movements you get, the less brain stimulation you get. And then it's this vicious cycle. All right, so movement is very, very essential. And then the other part, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, as a chiropractor, we look at posture. You got, because it, it, the farther you're away from center, the more energy your body has to expend to keep you upright. Your body hates to be crooked and it's going to do everything to keep you balanced in midline as much as possible. So it, it, if you have postural distortions, your body's expending way too much energy. And if you're expending energy on posture, it can't use that energy for tissue repair, for neurotransmitter function, for digestion, for detoxification, all of those things. 
it's it's basically just trying to keep you upright. So physical balance is another facet that needs to be addressed from the cellular level, from the microscopic level, all the way up to the macroscopic level. Now, the third facet is nutrition. So the first one was mindset. Second one is a physical. Third part is nutrition. You know, and Hippocrates, the father of you know what we consider modern-day medicine, always would say, let thy food be, be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. And what he meant was, we look, have to look at food first and, our, and what we're putting into our body. It's, it's a therapeutic thing. You know, whatever we choose to input into our body is going to give information and it's going to give nutrient supply to the cells, which is going to affect cellular function. And your body needs nutrients. You know, I did uh, the last podcast, I talked about supplementation and I talked about essential nutrients. And these are the things that your body needs to take in that it cannot make on its own. So you need to be consuming it. So nutrition is is a therapeutic intervention as well. You need that for tissue integrity. You need that for detoxification. Um, you need that for energy. You need that for cellular repair. You need that to make hormones. And all of that stuff comes from what you're putting in your body. Now, a lot of times they've said you are what you eat. Yeah, that's partly true. But the bigger thing is you are what you absorb and assimilate. Because you need to break it down. You need to absorb it through your gastrointestinal tract. And it needs to get to the cell and utilized in the cell. And there's a whole process that and it involves other things like nutrients, right? Nutrients needs nutrients to help the cells function better. Now, one thing I want you I want to warn you guys about is to steer clear of fad diets and all these regimens. Okay. And, and you know. Here's my here's my my Star Wars. I love Star Wars, by the way. Uh, is that you got to be careful and be mindful of those who speak in absolutes. That's what Obi Wan said about the Sith, right? The Sith is the one that works in absolutes. You know, if you hear of a person saying that this is the only way, and I see this a lot on the internet, saying you know y- you should only do the ketogenic diet, you or you should only do intermittent fasting, or you should. You know, this is the way for that. That's not necessarily true. We all have our own biochemical fingerprint, right? It's called biochemical individuality. And that, that biochemical need will change over time. It will change as you, as you age. It will change as you go through a chronic health issue. So w- what you may need in the beginning of your healing process is going to change as you heal, right? And, and a lot of times... People, you know, in different camps will say, well, you need to just be, you know, um, only doing the paleo diet. Well, yeah, okay. Or you, the only way to heal is through a vegan plant-based diet. Yeah, well, certain times you may need to change, you know, at, at certain parts of your healing process. I never recommend um, intermittent fasting. And then as you change, there's times where I will recommend that. So whenever I work with patients, I am always looking at what is your current biological needs rather than what's popular. Okay? So whatever you guys see on social media, that's just a popular thing. But popularity doesn't necessarily equate to cellular function. Your cells could care less what some internet nutrition guru is, is putting out there. 
you know. Now, nutrition has what, what I consider three different phases. The first phase is therapeutic, second phase is restorative, and the third one is maintenance. So a lot of times whenever you see diets, diets fall into those two categories of therapeutic and restorative. Right, so you can have a specific diet. So, take for example, like the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is a very therapeutic diet. Okay, is it a maintenance diet? Not necessarily. Right, there's you can't again, you can't live in absolutes. Should you be in a ketogenic diet all the time? No, we our, our bodies were designed to be in cyclical. Okay, that's also to say, um. Should we never be in ketosis? No, we're, we, we go back and forth. You have to have metabolic flexibility, meaning that you should be able to use carbohydrates and fats as sources of energy. Okay? Unfortunately, most of you know, the reasons why we end up in chronic health issues is because we can't switch back and forth and we predominantly only rely on carbohydrates. And we have a difficult time transitioning into fats. So... Um, th- th- those are the three forms of, you know, therapeutic interventions for you know nutrition. Your therapeutic, restorative, and maintenance. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. So, you just learned about the three different facets you need to address to start healing a chronic disease. Now, this is the starting point, right? You got to address the mindset. You got to address the physical aspects. You got to address the nutritional, the biochemical aspects. Those are the three different facets you need to address from the start all the way through your process, okay? Now, the biggest part is the mindset. You got to develop the mindset for healing. Release the cynical mindset. Release the the uh, fearful and worry. Release all of that stuff. Keep in a state of mindset of healing. Get into a state of gratitude and serenity, okay? And then with... If you're dealing with a chronic health issue, you need to form a health team. You know, I highly recommend people having a complete health team. You know, don't just rely on the medical doctor that has given you some bleak diagnosis. You know, you got to work with somebody that's going to give you a bigger picture overall. You know, dietitians um, will give you another picture. Health coaches will give you another picture. Uh, put all these things together and work with somebody that you feel comfortable with that will give you a roadmap that you can follow, okay? So you got to be forming a health team. All right, here's what I want you guys to do, okay? I want you guys to go on Instagram and then I want you to create a post and I want you to say, what is the first thing that you're going to do to take back your health, okay? And tag me on it. I want to see what you guys are doing. And what this will do, this will also influence your followers and saying, uh, to take back their health. Because imagine, here's, here's my vision. Imagine a world where everybody is living their best, best life, right? Imagine a world where nobody's complaining about their health. And if they do have health issues, they know how to deal with it and not feel fear and not feel confusion. Imagine that world. Imagine a world where people can keep their health and know that, hey, I know what to do to get get my health back. I know what to do to maintain my health. Imagine that world. And that's the world that I that I that I want to create, you know, for for, you know, from now till the rest of the time. And it's going to take one person at a time. You know, you take back your health and influence your family, your friends and 
and because and, uh, I see too many families being ripped apart by health issues and health crises, and I see too many lives being affected um, at too young of an age. Um, you know, and, and I, I myself, you know, I know, you know, my family, we we've been affected by chronic health issues, and it, it's it's not a fun thing to watch. It is not a fun thing to go through as well. So go on Instagram and then say, what is the first thing you're going to do to take back your health? Tag me on it, my Instagram handle. If you're not following me on Instagram, is Triple Play Doc. So find me on Instagram, follow me there. I do weekly Q&A sessions where I post out something and you can um, you can click on the little sticker and then ask me a question and I'll answer those questions. Um, go to our website at tripleplayperformance.co and tell your friends, tell your family about this episode. Appreciate it. If this is your first time, thank you for listening in. Feel free to subscribe. You know, I, I put out an episode on a weekly basis that will help you to attain better health and wellness. But till the next time, be well and aloha. If you've enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at TriplePlayDoc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and aloha.